Coming up on 5-Minute News. Court rules gender dysphoria is covered under disability law. Trump staffers pushed unproven COVID treatment at FDA. And 22 reported dead in Independence Day attack on Ukraine train station. It's Thursday, August 25. I'm Anthony Davis. federal ruling that gender dysphoria is covered by the Americans with Disabilities Act could help block conservative political efforts to restrict access to gender-affirming care, advocates and experts say. A panel of the Fourth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals last week became the first federal appellate court in the country to find that the 1990 landmark federal law protects transgender people who experience anguish and other symptoms as a result of the disparity between their assigned sex and their gender identity. The ruling could become a powerful tool to challenge legislation restricting access to medical care and other accommodations for transgender people, including employment and government benefits, advocates say. The ruling is binding in the states covered by the Richmond-based Fourth Circuit, Maryland, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia and West Virginia, but will inevitably be cited in cases in other states. The decision came in the case of a transgender woman who sued the Fairfax County Sheriff in Virginia for housing her in a jail with men. The decision is not limited to transgender people challenging jail policies, but also applies broadly to all areas of society covered by disability rights law, including employment, government benefits and services and public accommodations. Some Republican leaders who have led efforts to limit access to transition treatment for youths have falsely labelled it a form of child abuse. A new rule in Florida restricts Medicaid coverage for gender dysphoria treatments for youths and adults. The state health agency previously released a report stating that puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones and sex reassignment surgery have not been proven safe or effective in treating gender dysphoria. Officials in the Trump White House tried to pressure U.S. health experts into reauthorizing a discredited COVID-19 treatment, according to a congressional investigation that provides new evidence of that administration's efforts to override Food and Drug Administration decisions early in the pandemic. The report on Wednesday by the Democratic-led House Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Crisis also sheds new light on the role that television personalities played in bringing hydroxychloroquine to the attention of top White House officials. Investigators highlighted an email from Fox News's Laura Ingram and others from Dr Mehmet Oz, the celebrity heart surgeon who had a daytime TV show and is now the Republican Senate nominee in Pennsylvania. Ingram attended an Oval Office meeting with President Trump, who himself took the anti-malaria drug. The FDA originally authorised use of hydroxychloroquine in late March 2020, based on small studies suggesting it could have some effectiveness against the coronavirus. At that time, many researchers hoped that existing antiviral drugs could be used to fight the virus, but by June, FDA officials had concluded the drug was likely ineffective and could cause potentially dangerous heart complications, revoking its emergency use. 
Efforts by the Trump administration to control the release of COVID-19 guidance and install political operatives at public health agencies have been well documented. The report by the House subcommittee investigating the government's COVID-19 response focused on pressure at the FDA, which serves as gatekeeper for the drugs, vaccines and other countermeasures against the virus. Much of the information comes from an interview with the agency's former commissioner, Dr Stephen Hahn, who was picked for the job by Trump in late 2019. Frustrated by the pace of FDA's medical reviews, Trump repeatedly accused Hahn, without evidence, of delaying decisions on COVID-19 drugs and vaccines for political reasons. Russian forces on Wednesday launched a rocket attack on a Ukrainian train station on the embattled country's Independence Day, killing 22 people, President Volodymyr Zelensky said, after warning for days that Moscow might attempt something particularly cruel this week. The lethal attack took place in Chaplin, a town of about 3,500 people. The president's office also reported that an 11-year-old child was killed by rocket fire earlier in the day in the settlement. At one point, Zelensky put the number of wounded at about 50. The deputy head of Zelensky's office later said 22 people were wounded in the attack, which hit five passenger rail cars. Ukraine has been bracing for especially heavy attacks around the national holiday that commemorates Ukraine's declaration of independence from the Soviet Union in 1991. Wednesday also marked the six-month point in the war. Days ahead of Independence Day, Kiev authorities banned large gatherings in the capital through Thursday for fear of missile strikes. Meanwhile, US President Joe Biden announced a new military aid package of nearly $3 billion to help Ukrainian forces fight for years to come. Over the weekend, Zelensky cautioned that Russia may try to do something particularly nasty, something particularly cruel this week. He repeated the warnings ahead of the train station attack, saying Russian provocations and brutal strikes are a possibility. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app. Ask your smart speaker or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health and climate, delivering independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.